recording because I want us to have a precious, precious, precious prayer today. Amen. Amen. When I say precious, is something that we not we don't usually think about it, but it's important for us to remember and remind ourselves, especially as this month is the month of the Holy Spirit. We need to understand, and I need to insist again, that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Trinity. Amen? But before we start, let me do a prayer in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we give you all the glory. We say thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your power. Thank you because we know that where two or three gather in your name, you are in the midst of them. As this very moment we stand before you, Lord. Not because we deserve anything, but be, we come with boldness, as the word of God says, in times of need to come before you, before the throne of grace, to receive mercy. That is the reason why we are here right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, that you may forgive each and every one of us, forgive our mistakes, our wrongdoing, our iniquities, everything we have said, thought, or even uh, the things that we have not said, Lord, or we om omitted to do, Lord, and the things that we have done. Father, I ask you right now to forgive us, forgive our trespasses, forgive our wrongdoings, forgive us, Lord. And I pray also that, Lord, you touch the heart of people everywhere around the world. If anyone has anything against us, Lord, that you may touch their heart to put forgiveness in their hearts for us in Jesus' name. Don't allow anyone, Lord, to, re, to, to keep anger against anyone here in Jesus' name. Don't allow, oh, Father God, remind them that we are forgiven as we forgive. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you set someone free from unforgiveness. You set us free from unforgiveness. Because, Father God, what stops your mercy? What stops your mighty hand of protection? What stops your mighty hand and your mighty grace, Lord, upon our lives is the lack of forgiveness. Because that is what Jesus showed us. The last thing Jesus did on the cross was forgiving. Oh, Rasta Kashantasa. He forgave, showing us what we need to do as a last resort. So I pray right now, Father God, that you may touch the hearts of people who find it hard to forgive God and that you set us free, Father God, because we want to be before the throne of grace. Let's have mercy, Lord, with the devil not having anything against us in Jesus' name. To so be lifted up tonight, be exalted tonight. It is not about man, it's not about anyone. It's all about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen. God bless you all for being here. We thank God for mercy, and I pray that. I hope you are not too hot. Hallelujah. Even if you are hot, know that God, you're going to be hotter in a minute because you're going to be doing some strong prayers. And what I want to speak about tonight is something that is very important and so close to each and every one of us. And uh, I, would, I would ask you to do, to do someone a favor after this prayer, to spread this prayer to them, to set them free, set someone free. It is important that you understand that the gospel, if the gospel would not have come to you if the, the first Christians have not spread it. And also the Bible says that the word of our testimony, the word of our testimony is our deliverance. 
I want to encourage you to always, you know, like the other day I was watching, a, it's my day of, my week of rest. But so what do I do when I'm resting? I can't go out. So I listen to preachers. I listen to preachers that I know. I don't go just on the internet and type and then take and pick and choose what I want. No, I listen to preachers that I know that can enlighten me. I read the word of God. I take more time in prayer. That's what I do at the moment. Amen. Because if you don't, it, it is simple. God created the world. And after creating the world, he stopped to rest. If you don't make time to rest, you will never, ever, ever, ever be fulfilled in life. And let me read something to you very quickly. It's just coming to my mind. Let me get a book, sorry. Hey, Jules, I made it fall again. Then it's gonna stop. You better not stop. If he comes here, you look at me as if. Okay, glory be to God. So it's a book, and also during this time of reflections, what I do, I read again. This is the book that I published. The lady is American. I published it because I'm a publisher. I've got a publishing company. I published this book in 12, 2012, 2012. I've got time. So just to tell you that time, that when you're taking time to rest, it doesn't mean time of the Lord. When you get off the Lord, trust me, evil spirit come. So when you don't want evil spirit to take the place of the Lord in your life, don't ever take time. No one can take time out of the Lord. If you are taking time out of the Lord, know that the Satan is after you. I want to tell you that. So this is the title of the book. And I'm going to tell you something I was reading this week. Those who have never seen me looking very nice. I can also read without, but I just wanted to impress you tonight. Okay, I want to read a little passage to you in the French version because when it was published in two versions. And I read the French version the other day, but I know it was on page 29. But what I'm going to read now is actually going with um, what I'm trying to pray about. Oh, I've got it. It's on page 21. Is it? No, let me see. Sorry. Give me just one second. Um, oh, page 49 here. Page 49. Oh, yeah, remember why it's page 49. Okay. I'm going to read a little passage. This is a woman. I need to tell you her story. Margaret Bass. This woman, you know, I told someone the other day that even if the devil wants your life, even someone does whatever, if God has put life in you, I am telling you right now that Satan cannot. Hallelujah. People can decide on your life. I'm saying that Satan cannot. I'm saying this. This woman survived two cancer. She survived how many heart attacks? And she's still alive. I'm talking now. Margaret Bass. I, only Kara might have seen her. Kara, you remember her? Sorry, yes, I've seen her. I met yes, her. You saw her. This woman, yeah. she told us her story. And I know because I, I went to her house in 2012 in New Jersey. This woman, she survived. You know, the kind that they are telling the husband that, you know. And this woman told us the story when I, we went to Italy. She told us the story 
of how when she found that her husband was cheating, but she's there. She is there. This woman told us how she was humiliated, like the whole church. You know, people are so coward. People are coward. I'm telling you, they had a pastor who was very bad in a church. So they had a meeting to get rid of the pastor. Yes. So she went in the meeting. Now, on the day that they decided that we're going to tell the pastor, they come, they called the pastor on a meeting. There were about 20 people, whatever, whatever, who were there. Now, the time to tell the pastor the truth, no one is opening their mouth. And she's the only one who dared to stand up and say, we had a meeting to say that what you're doing in this church is not good. So we believe that you're in the wrong church. Now, you know what people did? They all turned against as if they've never talked, supporting the pastor in front of the pastor. And she decided that she's not going to church anymore. Listen to this carefully. She said she's not going to church anymore. The spirit told her, because people are looking at you, you're not going to church. You are not going to church. You know what she did? She said she had a red hat. She, a red hat, like, you know, the kind of hat that if you're in the movie, you can't watch because someone is going, the hat is bobbing. She said that is the hat that she wore, red, to go that Sunday in church so that people would know that she's in church. That shame is not going to let her be out of the presence of God. Amen. You need to be that person who dares for the Lord. No wonder. God will stand for whoever fights for him. Amen, 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 amen. This woman, I'm telling you, many heart attacks, many whatever, whatever, and she's still there. If you see her nose, she was she had something here because cancer was there. She had cancer, I don't know place. I don't know if you read the book, everything is there. Anyway, what I want to read to you is a little passage, very short, very, very short, that is going to go with our prayer. Excuse number one, she gives excuses that the Christians always give. And this woman, when she wrote this book, she was 62 years old. That was in 2012, so you can know her age. So why do we struggle is actually the title of the chapter. Why do we, the Christians, struggle? And her answer is excuse number one, so busy that you don't have the time. Excuse number two, just cannot be bothered. Excuse number three, left your first love. Excuse number four, unbelief. Excuse number five, guilt. Excuse number six, fear of spiritual warfare. Excuse number seven, too tired and weary or lazy. If I'm giving you this, it's because obviously I was reading this week, yeah? I was reading, yeah? So I want to share it with you, and it goes with the prayer we're going to do. Excuses. So I want to read only excuse number one, so busy that you don't have the time. Of all the excuses I have heard over years of ministry and the excuse I have used most, most often myself, this has to be the number one reason we do not spend quality time with our Heavenly Father. In the high-paced world we live in, time is a rare commodity. We are too busy to spend time with friends, family, and even too busy to invest time alone with God. This results in relationships with shallow roots because no investment has been made what is life all about i want everyone to listen to this and share it it is all about relationships first with god and then with others the time once spent is gone forever so invest it wisely 
we may wake up one morning and find that, find we are living with a stranger as a spouse and our children are grown up and gone living only regret that we didn't spend more time with them we have no true friends and although we have been introduced to our heavenly father we lack confidence in our relationship to him and do not recognize his voice when god drew up the blueprint for our life and destiny i want everyone's ear to be open when god drew up the blueprint for our life and destiny he, al he allotted time for us to spend with him so if we are too busy we are either trying listen to this carefully we are either trying to achieve more than he requires of us or we are involved in matters outside his will for us we need to understand that it is not a matter of time but rather it is a matter of choice jesus said mary had chosen the good part if we are short of time the better choice would be to do less for god that we may have time to be with God. Do less for God, but be with God. Martha was so busy doing for Jesus. Mary chose to do less in order to spend time with Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I hope you have understood this. And I want you to tell people here that one reason why we give excuses that we don't have time is that we are we have too much idols in our lives and i want us tonight to pray to remove those idols asking the lord to help us with that and i'm going to explain what i'm calling idols here there are different idols i'm not talking about the statutes that you may have i've got one here you may say oh sister Rufian, you've got a statute it's an idol no it becomes an idol if i start praying to it if I start like, oh, please don't touch it. Oh, oh my God, I don't want you to. Oh, oh, you almost made it fall. Oh my God. Then it's an idol. Do you understand how you, we can make something an idol? Don't touch it. Oh. You put value to something. You put value. What is important to God? From Genesis, what is important to God? From Genesis, was not the thing that he gave Adam and Eve to look at. It was the relationship. It was not. Listen, when he created man, he had already created everything. So it means that before you came into this world, God has already put all the provision that is for you in this world for you. He provided a family. He provided a house. He provided for many, many things. You may think that today you don't have. Even your future, he provided for it. The things that you have not seen yet, he already provided for. But you are looking for things because you are in a hurry. So we need to understand what idolatry is so that we can break, cast out, remove the spirit of idolatry from within us. Idolatry, what is it? As we know, there are many kind, different uh, demonic kind of spirits, many. But what they are doing is that they are causing havoc in our lives. 
And sometimes we don't even see those that we ourselves cause. Most people are, um, are undergoing the consequences of idolatry that was um, brought into their families by their parents or grandparents or great-grandparents or great-grandparents because the Bible says it goes up to the fourth generation, okay? So it goes up to the fourth generation. But we, when we become Christians, the day you become a Christian, that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are, you are removed from whatever is there. I, I don't want someone to think, oh, yeah, that's, that's what is happening. No, 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 no. That's the reason why I'm insisting that whatever your grandparents did, whatever your great-grandparents did, your grandparents, your parents did, has less effect in your life than what you are doing to yourself. I hope you understand me today. Understand it is very important. What we do is that it's easy for us to see what someone else did and what we are doing. But what are the idols that we can actually bring in our lives? And we don't understand that we are in end time right now. And the harvest, the harvest is now. We're going to have a good harvest. But the problem is that where do we invest your time? What do you do? What have you put? Idolatry and time goes together. The way we use our time determine if we are in, making idols of things. There are people who have made their work an idol. And I like it these days. Have you seen people who are during confinement are crying or are feeling bad or are committing suicide because they can't go back to work? But when they are at work, they want holiday. And they are feeling sick because they have to not work. Have you, have you heard those kind of stories? There are many stories like that. So the word has become your idol, your idol. There are people who make things their idols. Even your phone can be. If you leave your phone home and your whole day is spoiled, I pray that you start removing that phone from time to time. Remove it. It is an idol. Some people make their children idols. If you make your child an idol, you know there are two things that can happen to you. I will tell you those two things because it happened to another servant of God. She's very well known. God wanted to use her powerfully. Powerfully. I gave that her example many times at church. God wanted to use her powerfully and she did not want to abandon. You know what? God removed her husband. Phew, the first one died. She remarried. Uh-huh. Because God wanted her. You know, there are people who cannot make the difference. God says first, if you're serving him, is first. When the time that you allocate for God, make it that time for God, nothing else. Amen? When you say, this is my time with God, why is your phone on? You're praying. What? So it's not the time for God. So you are actually trying to cheat God. You cannot, sorry, be separated with the world a few minutes because you know, one, two, you check on your phone. One, two, you check on your phone. No, when you're giving your friends time, you don't look at how long it's gonna take. When you go to church, you start looking at the time every time. Idolatry. I wanted to show you that idolatry can so be hard 
hard rooted in our hearts that we don't even know it's idolatry. Why do I call that idolatry? Because you see, what is idolatry? It's actually when we don't put God first in, in something we do, in something we are saying, in something, in anything. God says, put me first. Let us go in, in, in the word of God. Exodus 20, someone write it down there. Exodus 20 verse 3, it says, you shall not, you shall have not, sorry, you shall have no other gods but before me. You shall not bow be down yourself to them or serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, is a jealous God. Remember, Jesus did not abolish the law. He fulfilled the law. Therefore, the law is still there, even though we are in the grace. So it means that God didn't want you to have any idol before. He doesn't want you to have idol now. It's not because you're in the time of grace that he will accept that and he's not jealous. He's not jealous. No, it is still there. It's still there. And I will tell you that the greatest problem of the church today is that idolatry, which comes with demonic spirits, have entered end time church. Too much idols within the church. Because people come, but they don't... Look at what the Bible says. The people in the first church, when they were coming to church, they enjoyed church. We today, when you are coming to church, you are looking at the time you're going to leave. So it means that you're not even there. Towards the end, you, your head is there, but you are thinking about what you're going to do after church. So you're not even there for God. And that is the reason why we don't see the miracles that people had. Too much idolatry. So we need to understand that idolatry is something God does not like. And there is a spirit with idolatry. It's the spirit. It is holding many people and they don't know that. Oh, my children, my children, my children. Your children. I remember when the, the Lord started using me, like sending me abroad with my ministry. As soon as I take the plane or I'll leave my home, I will leave my child fine. And it wasn't even better who will be attacked. It was always the same one, Jules. Of course, the youngest one is where the one, you know, that, you know, your heart is more on that one because, you know, they still need you because he's younger. Every mom will tell you that. The one who is, you don't have the same kind of thing with the others, but the youngest one is still your baby as soon as I go. And you know, I will tell you something. God is so good. And that young one is the one who doesn't mind me when I travel. <laughs> Rebecca, do you remember when he sent me a message that I'm like, He's trying. I've, been, I've, been, I've been in Haiti. You woke up from the morning into the evening. You can't even say hi. I'm, he said, I am working on that. I said, you're working on telling me hello, my son. You see, the youngest one. So how, you see, God is so good because he has removed that from me. Does it make me a bad mom? No. Does it make me a, an unloving mom? No. I love my children. You see, but the, the other one that I would be less worried for is the one who's going to call, mom, how are you? Mom, how did you spend the day? The other one doesn't care. He can do two, three, four days. And if I call, like, oh yeah, mom, how are you? I'm like, eh. Do you mind me? Does it even look like I'm not there, you know? So do you at least even feel like mom? <laughs> See, many parents will be now cursing that child. You are ungrateful. I mean, everything I do for you. How do you answer me? No, I look at it like God remove that, uh, that 
umbilical cord so that I can serve him without being having that idolatry between me and my son. Amen. I look at it that way. I look at it that way. Because in the beginning, as soon as I go, he becomes sick. Until I said, Satan, you stop it. It's not going to work. I'm not going to return home. And even if I return home and something, what can I stop? What can I do? God has my child. God is the one looking after my child. And it was like that. Whatever will be one day, oh, the foot is this, oh, I've got fever, oh, I've got, I'm in Italy. That was the worst one. I'm like, yeah, what is happening? That's the time I spoke. I said, Satan, stop it. You're not going to make me worried. I confided my children to my God. I can't, I'm not going to return home because of that. You see? So idolatry. Idolatry. I'll give you another example. So we understand. We are in a very good time to understand idolatry right now with the COVID. Are you worried about your tomorrow? So no. you admit idolatry of people. You know, man can be idolatry for you. Your boss can be your idol. Your work can be, man can be. Conditions. That is the thing we are going through. Do you, do, do you think that you depend on them to breathe? You depend on them to live? You depend on them to eat? No, you don't. God says in Matthew 6, 25 to 33, that he takes care of the bird in the air. He can take care of you. Amen? You've seen, you've seen that. Look mm -hmm. how a woman has been giving me food here that I have to take to church because it's too much. I still have a lot of food here. Don't see, you all have seen what I brought to church. And God is my witness. They are part that I kept here. Can you believe that? What do I have with that lady? Nothing. God says, I nourish the birds in the air. How much more you? Ask that lady for something? No. Did she know that I'm not working? No. She does not know my condition. God says, I nourish the birds in the air. How much more you? Are you not much more valuable? This is the result of not having an idol. My work is not an idol. My financial condition is not an idol. I've got nothing I'm hanging on to. So we need to understand what idolatry is. If they touch something and it makes you react by an idolatry with that thing. Does it make sense? There are some people, the same thing, even in a relationship. If you love God, listen, me, a man comes near me. The first thing I tell you is that there's Jesus and then there is you. So don't expect to take his place. Amen. Amen. There is Jesus and there is you. I'm going to respect you. But when it comes to my Jesus, you have, you have to understand because here there's no compromise. There's my Jesus and there is you. I'm going to submit. I'm going to understand. But know that there is Jesus and there is you. I will never put a man before. That is the reason why he lives. I'm not going to cry. Do you understand? Because I know that Jesus will never leave me. Does it mean that you don't love in that case? No, it doesn't mean that. It means that I have understood what the Bible says in Matthew, sorry, in Genesis 6 verse 5. Genesis 6 verse 5 says that God, the first time God repented, God regretted doing something is because he saw that the heart of man is bad. And the hurt of man only looks for evil. The hurt of man is like that. So you Amen. need to understand that man can betray you. Man can 
cheat on you. Man can do every kind of stuff. True. If man does something to me, why would I cry? I'll tell you, you do as you want. You do as you want. As long as you don't stop me having my relationship with my God. Hallelujah. You see, you've got to build yourself up in that position where even in marriage, marriage does not become an idol. You've got to build yourself up, you, both man and women. Man should not be your idol. Children should not be your idol. Amen? Isaiah 45, verse 22. You shall not, sorry, no, look to me and be saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Everything else you make a God, that's where you're going to suffer. Do you understand? If you put, you make a man or you make a woman your God, trust me, that is exactly where God, the devil, would touch. I always say this, listen, I lived in places where, oh, my friend, God is good, you know. I, I always give God glory that I had what you call money before serving him because now I don't care looking at money or not. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me. I cannot become like some pastors there. No. I, I, I wore dresses. I, I had chauffeurs opening door for me. So I've lived that life. And I did not, I was not, the life didn't leave me. I am the one who left the life. I am the one who decided that I don't want it. So it's different. So I'm not, I'm not feeling bad. You know, it's, it's different when, for instance, you are, you are made redundant or compared to when you decide to go. Does it make sense? I decided that that was not for me. And glory be to God. So I cannot have regrets. So what I want to say here is that I cannot then make idolatry of things. I'm not impressed. I can enter a house, there are big things. You, you can't, I'm not impressed. I am not. And I give God some glory for that. I, you can, if you amen, can see my amen, heart. Amen, I, 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 I mean, you can have... 10,000 uh, has got Rolls Royce in front of me. God is my witness. I, it doesn't touch me. Hallelujah. It does not affect me. I don't care. Look at me. Have you seen me? Do you know that I've got gold jewelry? They have been there, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven years in a safe, but I don't wear any. I don't care. I had branded dresses that I gave my cousins to go and buy Primark dresses. I don't care. Do I look bad when I wear Primark shoes? If you know how to dress, my friend, even as the shoes, you will look good. It's not about the amount. It's about the quality. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You understand that, you get to another level. Yeah, all material Poor people. It's poor-minded people. Who wants to show brand like this? Have you seen? Have you seen white people? I heard you cut about something. Hey, Lord. Poor mentality. Poor mentality. That want to show that I've got. You want to show you've got because you don't have. Because those who have, my friend, hey, they don't show. They don't show. They just do. Show is like a show. Idolatry. Get out of it. Working there, putting your little brand out there. That's all you've got. That little brand that does not even belong to you. If you had, it would be your name. The brand would be yours. 
you understand? Amen. Idolatry. I want us to pray. I want to break that spirit within you. I want to break it. Idolatry has made many people to do things that they are not supposed to do. And we have put them in our children. We have inflicted it in our children without knowing. Why is it some children put themselves in this situation? Because of what they see. If you see how loaded my children are. You know my children have money. They've got money. Do they look like it? No. In October, because I'm going to Cameroon, Berton gave me 1,500. I didn't ask. He said, oh, mom, you're going to come run. Okay, take 1,500. My children have. But do this, you see them with branded Air Nike, whatever, whatever? No. No. Idolatry. Don't make your child an idol to become, to have idols. No. Teach them to be responsible and to love God. Put God first. Put God first. Put God first in everything. I say in everything you do. When you put God first, an idol cannot enter your heart. At work, at home, in your family, in your, the way you use your finances. Me, listen, I have lived the whole confinement as if I've got no issue. <laughs> listen, you, can't, you don't know God. And I've got none. I've got no issue. Why am I saying as if? I have no issue. Because even through confinement, money came coming in. I didn't ask. God gave me a job where I didn't expect. Pew, pew. See? But that's how it is. But when you make an idol, you put, you put anything else before God, it cuts the hands of God. He can do nothing. We need to understand that part because I want to insist on that. Many people don't realize that when we put... Um, everything else before god we are actually worshiping that yes so we worship those people or those things without knowing that we are we do because they've got they have got more importance to you than god all i can do to you to hear and as a minister of god is to preach the word of god and you know me, I don't preach the word of God to influence anyone. I preach the word of God full stop. So I want to tell you as well, all of you who are neglecting going to church, whenever you are doing that, you've got an idol in your heart. Because you're going to see, that's why I wanted to read about the time here. You need to set proper time apart from God. Wherever you are, when you're supposed to be in a service, is your idol. You may not know it, but I'm telling you today, Unless it's mandatory. And even if it's mandatory, it is work. You've got the choice. You have the choice to say, my God first. I have the choice. Many, 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 many. I can take five days of work because I don't want to be half minister of God. Like if someone wants to speak to me, I don't have time for them. I always take three days or four. When I've got five days, my friend, you know how much I'm earning. I'm earning lots. Just the little that I'm working is enough for me to live on. But imagine if I work a full timetable. But I said no. But when I want more time, like when I, I came back from December, December, and I, I, I used lots of money in Haiti, I'm in my home saying, Lord, I really need my work to add me hours. Did I call my job? Why is it God made them to remove someone and give me? Because there's no idol in my work. 
But you, you have it to go on, on fasting and praying. I just say, Lord, I think that I need more hours. Was, I, was my work, my employer with me? No. How many times you guys know from those who have been in Rhyme a long time, how many times did I tell you that I said, oh, I don't want to go to work? The next morning, they canceled the work. December to April, when the confinement came, I was not working. You guys, you all know, but I was paid full. Why was it God is going to give me that money for free? You know how many times I spent ministering? I don't need, you don't need. If you make an idol, your work an idol, you because you think that, oh Lord, forgive. Because when we have lack of knowledge, that's what we do. It's because actually you think that your money, your happiness, or this will come through work or through man. Me, I don't think so. I know that the money I've got comes from God. Amen, My happiness amen, comes amen, from amen, God. Amen. Everything that I have comes from God, mm -mm. not man. That is the reason why I can never lack work. When I want more hours, I'll get them. Because it's here. There, I go. I call up there, and he makes the phone call for me. Hallelujah. So I don't have any fear not to have or have. Mm -mm. You've got to be in that place. Then you, you know that there's no idol there. It's not man who decides. It is God who decides. It is God. Make sure that you don't have any idol in your heart. Make sure you don't have any idol in your heart. It is my time of break. Why would I miss this prayer? It's prayer time. How can I miss prayer? Even if I am on break, that's what I said. I'm taking break only from preaching because preaching, I need to concentrate, sit there, seek the spirit, look for the spirit, you know, to know the message so that it speaks to me. That's the reason why whenever I preach, everyone will come like, wow, Lord speaks to me. Whoa, wow, this was timely. This was timely. Because it takes time. You just think that I sit there and think I'm going to go and preach something like that. So I took time off, but I'm not just preaching. That's all. But I cannot miss church. I cannot miss preaching. Even if I'm on holiday, wherever, the first thing I look for is church. Now, is there secrets? Who is my idol? It's God. Because of the way I do things. I will never say I am too tired. There's time difference. There is this, there's no, never. Because when you start complaining like that and God doesn't even send you anymore, what would you say? So we, we say things very quickly and we don't understand why things are happening to us. No. So we need to understand what it is. God first. Amen. So the moment that we look at someone or something else to provide in our needs in a way that only the Lord can do, we open ourselves to the spirit of idolatry. Let me give you a few bullet points here to understand. If you start thinking your job is the one that's going to fill your needs, you're in idolatry. Your employer is the one who your work depends on, you're in idolatry. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You need to understand those things right now. So I will say it again. I'll give you a few bullet points, amen? It is God who created us, and he knows why he created us, and so everything has to go back to him. And our needs are supposed to drive us to him. When you are in need, you've got to go to God. But now, if you, you look at someone for that, or you look at, at something, listen, I'm sitting here. I've got a car that's very valuable there, and then I will be sitting looking at the car like, yeah, 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 you know. Woo! Start doing as if, you know. Woo! Listen, I'll give you an example. I've got a friend. They just moved to Cameroon, she and her husband. You know my friend that I told you they have a boat. They were living in Switzerland before they were in Paris. It's actually that friend through him, her I met the father of my children. So 
and we used to pray together. She was a, a model for Yves Saint Laurent, you know, very tall and a little short. At that time, I was really skinny, so I didn't look too short. Amen. So, um, so this lady, she married this man, and uh, he had a Rolls Royce. Listen. When I come on a Saturday to her, I'm like, oh, where's Philip? She said, oh, he's with his Rolls Royce. You know what she used to tell me? In this house, in this house, I count like furniture. When the man is with his Rolls Royce, hey, you can't speak to him. You can't talk. You can't do what you cannot even come near him. So the lady, at some point of time, she's my friend. She was doing things that I cannot name here because the man loved his Rolls Royce. I say love. Maybe he liked his wife, but he loved it. He was passionately in love with his car. Can you see? But he didn't see it. He thought it was normal. It, it, for him, it was normal. He loved the car. I say he loved the car. But the wife, So you understand that sometimes we do things thinking it's normal. Yeah, you cannot love something. Idolatry. So when you think that that thing is too important before, you know, they, I remember I know someone, he bought a new sofa. The sofa was in um, leather. The children could not sit on it. The wife could not sit on it. Nobody could sit on the sofa. So why did you bring a sofa home? <laughs> why did you buy a sofa to watch it no one could touch it but when strangers came like visitors they could sit on it but people in the family could not so why did you bring a sofa so it was for a show you see idolatry you see how extreme idolatry can go we need to really be very careful because it is sly it is subtle, very subtle. So be very careful. The spirit, I'm talking about the spirit of idolatry. It's the spirit, amen? So if you look at your husband or your wife to make you happy, that's idolatry. If you look at them to provide ways for you to be happy, it's idolatry because God is the provider. That's what he says. It's idolatry. They've got to do their part. That's it. But it's idolatry. If you're looking for someone, another human being, as your provider, then you have made an them a God. So we need to be very careful here. Idolatry is rooted in what? In anger. Yes, because your selfish needs are not satisfied. The root of idolatry is that you have deep anger within you. And that anger is coming from unsatisfaction. You're not satisfied with your life. You're not happy. That's where idolatry is. Why do, look at this, why do people need idols like celebrities? It's because they are selling them dreams, things that they cannot, they think, they think they cannot touch or have. You see, that is the reason why they've got those people as idols, those celebrities. They look at them like, oh, oh, oh. So the time that they are looking at that idol, it gives them that some kind of satisfaction. But truly, when you return home after seeing that person, how do you feel? You're still unsatisfied with your own condition and with your own life. See? So that's what idolatry is. And, that, and God doesn't want that because it's a false 
feeling of fulfillment. When you have an idol, you have a, a, a false feeling of fulfillment and it will delay you, it will make you miss your blessings. That is the reason why we need to get out of idolatry. And I hope that I helped someone to understand here today. So that as I'm speaking, you can see the areas in your lives where idolatry has to go. And time. Idolatry, as I said, works with time. Amen? Now, God will never provide to anybody through an idol. Never. Never. He says, I will bless you to be a blessing. That is the reason why when someone calls me and says, oh, I need this, I need that. I don't start like, yeah, I'm helping you. No. No. That's building an idol because the person will be coming back. Now that you are becoming important to them. I said, I always said to people, let's pray to God. I always bring God first as a provider. And when I do that, most of the time, the Lord answers. And I don't even need to any, do anything. I've seen it many times, many times in different people. So we need to be very careful not to take the place of God trying to do everything. Be also careful not to replace one idol with another. Sometimes we do that without knowing that we are. Some people have the character of idolatry. Let's read Colossians 3 and then we're going to read, and then I'm going to talk about the result of idolatry and then we're going to pray after that. Colossians 3 verse 5 says, Let me get it from another version of the Bible. Colossians 3, verse 5. Or oh, someone has it? Colossians. If you have it before me, you can read. I wanted to take another version that speaks better volumes for me. Uh, Colossians 3, verse well, 5. Verse 5 here? Yeah. Yes, please. Um, Colossians 3, verse 5. I'm um, reading the NKJV. Therefore, okay. put, therefore, put to death your members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Oh! So what is idolatry? Can you give me the list? I'll start. I'll read it again. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Wow. So, sexual immorality, impurity, passion. Are you passionate about something? You must be passionate about Christ. You're passionate about your mom. You're passionate about your father. You're passionate about your children. You're passionate about football. You're passionate about everything else but God. Mm -mm. Be very careful. You have an idol, the spirit of idolatry is within you. Your passions can become idolatry if they are above God. Doesn't mean we cannot be passionate. I'm passionate about different things. It doesn't look like it, but because my greatest passion is visible. Amen. You know, Regine, Hallelujah. I love football. I love football. Hey, those who know, know. Football, I know, but nothing can take the love of God from my heart above the love of God. Mm -mm. Evil desire and greed, but put away and get rid of all these things. Anger, 
rage, bad feelings towards others, curses and slander. Continue reading. You want me to continue reading, yeah? Yes, please, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so from six, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in okay. which, or should I continue? Yes, a bit, yeah. Until where? Just read, I'll tell you to stop. Okay, hold on. Because of these things, the wrath of God is, co is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourself are to put up all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where yeah. there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised. Okay, Barbarian. we're going to stop there. Amen. So, Amen. anger, rage, bad feelings towards others, curses and slander and foul mouth, abuse, shame, all those things are actually the fruit of idolatry. That is the reason why the Bible says you can be angry, but don't sin. Don't sin. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you do not get what you want, if things don't go your way, you become angry, you start slandering people. Hmm. Be very careful that you are not just showing the manifestation of the fruit of idolatry. Fruit of idolatry. Anger, bad feelings towards others. A Christian cannot have a bad feeling towards someone else. The Bible says in Matthew 18, verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go into your brother, speak together, and then that's it. If, it does, if your brother, you're going to speak to them, doesn't want to listen to you, take a, a witness. You see? God has set everything up. But if you keep Hallelujah. angry within Hallelujah. you, you need to make sure that you're not going to be under a curse because that's what the Bible says. You may be there thinking, I'm, I have the right, I've got the right to be angry. But now you are in a place where you have put yourself at fault and go to hell with your self-righteous. Self-righteous means I think I am right. The whole world can give you right, but you can be wrong before God. We need to be very careful that idolatry is not part of our life. Let me tell you the result of idolatry very quickly and then we pray. So the result of idolatry is that we are deeply disappointed with people, with our leaders, spouses, children, churches, and friends. We are disappointed with them. Because why? Because we think that we are self-righteous. Oh no, I think that my right has not been heard. My voice has not been heard. It has not gone the way I want it. That's actually what you're trying to say. So the problem is that when we have that disappointment, Eventually, we will point it back to God. Remember this. I like this expression. When I do this, I'll put it like that. What do, you, what do you see? One, two, three fingers pointing to you. You are pointing one finger to the person you are accusing, and one finger goes to God. So you're accusing God, you're accusing, you're accusing God with the top finger, you're accusing someone with this, but three fingers accuse you. Remember that. 
Whenever you think something is unfair, something is bad, something this, something that, three fingers accuse you because God wants us to examine ourselves first. Whatever has happened to you in life, always think those three fingers, fill them with three things. You're going to accuse me for saying, doing, not doing, or there's still going to be three fingers accusing you. So you better not even accuse someone or be angry at someone. Because whenever you do that, there are three fingers back to you. That's the reason why when someone has a problem, you always come to me, I'll come back to you. Now you understand the, the technique. <laughs> Glory be to God. I'll come back to you and show you the three, those three fingers. Because we never actually acknowledge that we have three fingers back accusing us. So there is a, whenever we are, we are, we think that, oh yeah, these people, people, we are, we are disappointed with people. Oh, the leader, oh, the people, oh, the, oh, the, three fingers point back to us and one finger points back to God. So we are actually accusing God. And when you start accusing God, whether you say it or not, because when you do this, whenever you're accusing someone, you're so accusing God. Know that. Simple. Yes, you know the reason why? The Bible says that everything that happens to us, God knew. So if he didn't want something to happen, he would have stopped it. So sometimes we don't have the thinking, why is it God allowed this to happen? If you think, why is it God allowed it? Okay, you can be angry. But then next think, why did God allow this to happen to me? You're going to start seeing that, oh, he wanted to correct me. Oh, he wanted to show me something. Oh, he wanted to tell me something. Maybe I didn't listen. You're going to come back to you. And that's where your deliverance comes. Most of the time we think our deliverance is far. It's here. It's near us. So when we don't self-examine, this will cause a spiritual death to creep into our minds, our soul, and you go spiritually dry. That's why many people are spiritually dry. When you see someone going backsliding, it's because they are never satisfied. They don't get what they want from others. So be very careful. The spirit of idolatry is behind most people who backslide. Idolatry. Because people like people's attention. Come to me, you know that I don't give special attention to people. I don't have time for that. So if you want that, no, 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 no. You become an, I won't make anyone an idol. I was laughing this afternoon. I was sent this message by Sister Uget who was telling me about, uh, she sent me another message of someone. There's a church where when the pastor comes in, the pastor's entering the church, people bow down. Some lay on the floor for the pastor to walk on them. I say, oh, I laughed today. I laughed. I laughed. I said, eh? <laughs> they lay down so the pastor's feet cannot touch the ground. And they, I say, hey. I said, my friend, what has he given them? You know, you see how idolatry? It can go to extremes, but I want us to focus on the one that doesn't look like it. So you don't get, if you, if you go spiritually dry and, and you, you get spiritually dry because of the spirit of idolatry that's already within you, you can't get any revelation. Even when you read the Bible, you can't get revelation. You can't because you're spiritually dry. It's like it's spiritual death. The spirit is within you, but it's, it's asleep. You need to wake him up. So you don't hear the voice of God anymore and you can't worship anymore. You see why people can't worship at church? Because they're spiritually dry. And because of the spirit of idolatry in them. What are they looking for? They are looking for something they cannot get. 
and what they want they want to worship something or they want to be worshiped because they've got that spirit within them so and all the teaching and preaching that they hear they can't feel the anointing they can't feel anything so now you need to ask yourself as i'm talking is there any idolatry in me what is this i'm not i'm asking now another question what is the spirit of idolatry doing in me with the different examples i gave that can get you to open your mind and as the spirit of god also brings you to understand so i'll just give you one minute now one minute before we pray i want you to take one minute where you are one minute where you are because we are in the presence of god that's the reason why i opened this meeting today with prayer I didn't do it just like that. I opened with prayer. Most of the time I just thought, but I opened with prayer so that I, I knew what I was going to ask you. So I want you now to sit down, open your heart where you are, alone. You're alone with God. God is here. He said, where two or three are gathered in his name is in the midst of them. So he's here right now with us. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you where you are of um, what you have made an idol in your life before we pray, because you need to know. None of you can tell me they don't have any idol. I don't think so. I won't believe you. I want you to take one minute. Maybe it's your spouse, children, friends, work, money. What makes you unsatisfied? Church, a boss, a parent. Take time now. It's eight. 51 59 sorry i'll give you one minute to pray where you are open your heart to god and say lord yes i've made this and uh, this part of my life or this person an idol in my life i want you to pray right now in the name of jesus so open your heart to the lord right now then um, we're going to do a prayer after Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Rika Satara Dabashi Kere Devisan. 